What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to bring you the next league-winning wide receiver in 2022 fantasy football drafts. Last week, I covered the next league-winning running back. In this week's video, I'm going to be tackling wide receivers. Next week will be quarterbacks, and the week after will be tight ends. So what we're looking for in fantasy football when we draft a wide receiver is who is this year's Cooper Cup, right? Everybody wants that, you know, super elite ceiling season that Cooper Cup provided people with uh, in 2021. And while hitting on a league winning running back can skyrocket you up the rankings like, you know, Christian McCaffrey in 2019, for example, hitting on a Cooper Cup or a 20 plus point per game wide receiver is the perfect anchor for your fantasy team. So in this video, we're going to break down the entire top 36 wide receivers in underdog ADP right now to determine who has the ceiling, who doesn't, who's too risky, who's safe, etc. And on the subject of underdog fantasy, obviously make sure to go check it out using the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You'll get a hundred percent back on whatever you put in. Underdog fantasy is the perfect place to sharpen your strategy for your home league drafts with all your college buddies or your, you know, your friends and family, and also compete for your share of $10 million in total prizes in BBM three at the same time. It's the number one place that you need to be drafting this summer. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, I put a lot of work into this. So definitely appreciate any comments, subscribe, uh, you like the video if you guys enjoy it as always um but without further ado let's hit the intro Okay, so real quick off the top, we got to define what a league winner is because a lot of people define league winners as sleepers that hit their ceilings. But for me, a league winner and my definition of it is a guy that you draft in the first few rounds that absolutely smashes like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson did this year at wide receiver. The fundamental concept of this video is we're going to take a holistic view of past wide receiver league winners. And the, the threshold that I have for that is 20 plus PPR points per game seasons with at least 12 games played since 2013 and we're going to measure their peripherals how many targets were they getting um how many touchdowns did they score how good were their offenses that they were playing in were they competing for targets with other great wide receivers etc against top 36 wide receivers in ADP from this season to determine who has that kind of ceiling this year. And uh, history is our best indicator of future breakouts. It's kind of surprising to me that every fantasy channel, fantasy podcast doesn't do what I'm doing in this video today because uh, it is the best indicator of future success is history. And those who ignore history are bound to repeat it. So my early round strategy at this position uh, is different than it is at running back. So in the running backs video at the beginning, I talked about my early round strategy being that I'm only targeting guys with a league winning ceilings at wide receiver I'm much more likely to take safe plays because in the early rounds the nature of the wide receiver position is that they are less likely to get injured than the running back position they're less likely to produce a bad win rate as I outlined in Friday's video so while I'm only drafting guys with high upside at running back early a wide receiver, I'm cool swinging for a safe back-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two in the early rounds, as long as I can supplement that high-end production at other positions or earlier in my draft. So remember, the more boxes a player can check, the higher the ceiling, the higher the floor, and the higher the chances that they can win you a fantasy championship. We are weighing everything in this video from talent to volume to situation to injury potential. It all factors in. One of the biggest mistakes that fantasy players make is only weighing one thing, i.e. they're only going to take wide receivers that get a lot of volume. They're only going to take their favorite talents at wide receiver. They're only going to take wide receivers from good offenses. We need to weigh all those factors in in conjunction to each other because 
if a wide receiver gets a lot of volume but plays in a terrible offense, maybe they're a solid pick but don't have a high ceiling and vice versa. If a guy doesn't get a lot of volume but he plays in a great offense, maybe he's going to be a solid pick from an efficiency standpoint. So using this sample, uh, we're going to take the averages of the past league winners from 2013 to 2021 who finished with at least 20 plus PPR points per game. You guys can see them on the screen right now. These are the volume based factors of these players. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel did this last year and uh, going all the way back to prime Antonio Brown, guys like uh, Calvin Johnson, OBJ, Julio Jones, etc. Anything in green indicates that they ranked above average among this sample of elite wide receivers. Yellow is about average and red being below average. But remember, we're using a sample of elite options. So just because, you know, Tyree kills nine targets per game is in red. Obviously, that's a very good number, but it's below average relative to the rest of these elite difference making wide receiver ones. Uh, that we had over the last, you know, seven season or eight seasons that we have in this sample. So in PPR leagues, these are the guys that anchor your teams. These are the dudes that you're hoping that you get when you draft a wide receiver in the first round, second round, third round, et cetera. And these were the averages of that it spit out 10.79 targets per game, seven receptions about, and 0.79 touchdowns on a 17 game pace. We're talking about 170 targets, 115 receptions, and 13 touchdowns is what these guys needed to clear that elite threshold. But volume isn't everything. Guys like Debo Samuel last year, Tyreek Hill in years past have proven that you can have an elite wide receiver season by being efficient and being a very good player and playing in a really good offense rather than having, you know, that 11 target per game type of season. So I wanted to account for situation and talent factors as well. And of course, I did this exercise last year. Also, the situational factors that you guys see on the screen are only some of the ones that actually were predictive. I tested plenty more than these, but these should give you a good idea of the surrounding factors that help propel a wide receiver to that elite ceiling season that we're looking for. How good of an offense are they playing in? How good is your quarterback? How good is your offensive line? How often is your team throwing the football? Do they play in uh, with a plenty of other great target wide receivers on the team, right? Because if they're competing for targets with a number of great wide receivers, that's probably going to lower their ceiling as well. And also I wanted to test talent factors as well, because uh, I measured talent by yards per route run, which we know is one of the most predictive statistics for the wide receiver position. And a new one that I didn't include last year that I decided to include this year was their highest mark that they achieved against either man coverage or zone coverage. So some players win in different ways per Matt Harmon's reception perception. So for example, a guy like Cooper Cup won at an elite level against zone coverage last year, whereas a guy like Devontae Adams won at an elite level versus man coverage. Guys that have won against man coverage at elite levels in the past are Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas, et cetera. And then Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, guys like that have won more against zone coverage in years past. So either way you slice it, they had to have won at an elite level in one of those two facets. Some guys had missing data, as you guys can see on the screen in 2015, for whatever reason, Matt Harmon just didn't chart the elite wide receivers that year but knowing what we know about Odell Beckham and you know Julio Jones and Antonio Brown they had ranked an elite level in all of the reception perception metrics in the other years we can pretty much just assume they would have ranked elite again but regardless I, ex I excluded those guys from these averages uh, because it would have skewed the data but either way these are the averages that we have of the situational factors as you guys can see on average the offensive uh, rank and points per game for these elite players was about a top 10 offense about a top 10 quarterback rank and QBR um, about 600 pass attempts on the season, their highest targeted secondary option, meaning the guys that they were competing for targets with was about hundred 
target uh, wide receiver or tight end. Offensive line rank in pass blocking was about a top eight offensive line. Yards per route run, they were a top five wide receiver in yards per route run on average that season. And the highest percentage achieved in reception perception means that they either beat man or zone coverage at at least a 91st percentile number. And every wide receiver that was in the sample ranked either 85th percentile or higher against man or zone, except for Demarius Thomas in 2014, who ranked 22nd percentile, but was propelled by an elite offense and an elite quarterback. So for the most part, you needed to be a very good wide receiver, um, which it shouldn't be anything new to anybody, but it is uh, worth noting. And no wide receiver will be perfect down the board. Nobody's going to get elite volume, elite touchdown share, elite offense, elite quarterback, elite offensive line. There's going to be things that you're missing in and you're lacking in, but the important thing is that you check as many boxes as possible. So let's get into this group of wide receivers. I am only looking at the top 36 and ADP because I don't want to be here for hours talking about 75 wide receivers, but I'm going to go nine at a time. I won't spend too long on each guy. I'll just speak on what needs explaining and then we'll move on to the next ones. So this video is probably going to be a little bit longer, but of course this is a very important video in my opinion. So I'm okay going a little bit longer on this one. So for each one of these rankings, and you guys can see the first nine wide receivers on the board right now, these are subjective rankings based on my opinion. So if you disagree with what I rated them as, feel free to comment down below. All this data will be available via Patreon as well for you to download and conduct this exercise yourself if you wish to. So if you think that you know uh, the concept of this video is good, but you disagree with some of my rankings, again, feel free to go ahead and uh, sign up on Patreon and do this exercise yourself. Again, the talent factors that I used were yards per route run and reception percentage. I looked at previous year's numbers and gave the benefit of the doubt to young players uh, playing through injuries and uh, other factors like that who could improve those numbers that they've put up in years past. So the top three guys are absolute studs. Uh, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Very minimal question marks with any of these guys, really, except for some solid target competition with Allen Robinson and T. Higgins for Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. And for Justin Jefferson, his offense isn't quite as good as the Rams or the Bengals, unlike the other two guys. But Either way, all three of these guys are slam dunk top five overall picks in PPR. I currently have them ranked Justin Jefferson three, Cooper Cup four, and Jamar Chase five, but I flip flop Cup and Jefferson pretty much every single day. Um, but I don't need to spend too much time on these dudes. You guys all know that these guys are superstars. Diggs and Adams are the second mini tier of wide receivers. Both guys have a long track record of being fantasy superstars. Very safe picks, in my opinion. And like I said, if you're looking for a safe pick in the first round of your fantasy draft, draft a safe wide receiver like Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs. Don't draft a safe running back like, you know, whatever running back you think is safe. Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, whatever the case is, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Stephon Diggs doesn't quite have the touchdown upside that Devontae Adams has, but he also plays in a better offense. So that kind of cancels each other out. He also probably has a little bit less target competition as well. Whereas Devontae Adams is the better wide receiver, in my opinion, with more touchdown upside. So it's all about pros and cons with those two guys. I prefer Adams, but they're both very good picks. CD Lamb and uh, Mike Evans are the next two guys, and they're kind of yin and yang. They're both two sides of a different coin. CD Lamb has great peripherals, right? Great situation, great offense, and he scored well in reception perception last year, 91st against man, 79th against zone, 82nd against press across the board as a second-year wide receiver. So that's very impressive. But the thing that eludes CD Lamb and our major question for CD Lamb is can he command an elite target share? Because we haven't seen him do it. He probably should have done it last year. So I think the league-winning ceiling exists for CD Lamb, but he might have the lowest floor of any of these top nine wide receivers in this tier that I'm talking about. 
Mike Evans is looking like an absolute smash at the one-two turn, even though you can routinely get him in the mid to late second round. With Godwin's shaky status from a health perspective, Mike Evans could be on pace to match his career-high 2016 season where he saw 173 targets playing alongside an MVP candidate quarterback like Tom Brady in the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. Should make for a high, high ceiling and a high floor, to be honest, for Mike Evans this year. Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill are a bit of a fall-off in terms of the next couple wide receivers here. I actually have A.J. Brown ranked ahead of both of these guys, mainly because Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill, while they're great players and they're elite talents, have some question marks. With Debo Samuel, we have Trey Lance starting at quarterback, and Debo probably won't have the elite number of targets that we need in order to um, achieve this elite league-winning ceiling. He'd have to make up for it as a rushing threat and all that kind of stuff that he can do. Uh, But in a run-heavy offense with a first-year starting quarterback, the injury history also didn't disappear for Debo Samuel. That's still a concern for him. So uh, for those factors, he's a good pick, but he's not a guy that I'm absolutely smashing anytime he's on the board. With Tyreek Hill, his target share may be a question going from uh, Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tungavailoa, and he's now competing for targets with Jalen Waddle at the wide receiver position, as well as some ancillary pieces like Kasicki and Cedric Wilson and guys like that. Both of these dudes are solid picks, just more risk than the other guys that I've spoken about thus far. But nonetheless, we can move on to the next tier of wide receivers, wide receiver 10 through 18 in ADP right now. Obviously, the further we go down this list, the sketchier the outlooks are going to get. And if you want proof that underdog is the sharpest ADP out there, you'll notice most of these outlooks kind of gradually descend. We don't go from you know a great wide receiver to a bad wide receiver to a mediocre wide receiver to a great wide receiver again, because that would indicate that the ADP is a little bit off. But for uh, regardless, let's start with T. Higgins, who is the wide receiver 10 in ADP right now. The only question mark for T. Higgins right now is how much volume can he command? While he's competing for targets with Jamar Chase, that's literally it. That's pretty much the only concern we have with T. Higgins right now. He's in a great offense. He's a great player. He has good target potential, even though Jamar Chase is on that team. And like I said, even though he's probably not a top five ceiling wide receiver, he should be a locked and loaded wide receiver one. And even though he doesn't have probably that 20 plus PPR point per game upside, as long as Jamar Chase is on the field, he is one of the safer wide receiver one picks that you can get this year. And for the last time, uh, safety is okay at this position. So AJ Brown, the next guy here, uh, I've spoke on multiple times, but he is a great value this year. He is a superstar talent. And that's the important part with AJ Brown. He commands targets at an elite level. And even if the Eagles are, you know, what some people would consider run heavy on the surface, they could revert back to their pass heavy ways from the beginning of 2021 before they went run heavy. And AJ Brown, if that happens, is going to smash. And also Jalen Hurts makes people nervous as a passer, but he has all the pieces in front of him to take a big step as well. So AJ Brown, easily one of my favorite values at the wide receiver position this year. The two Chargers guys, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, going back to back in ADP right now. In my opinion, Mike Williams is going too high. He should not be going uh, as high as Keenan Allen, even remotely. In my opinion, Keenan Allen is the one in this offense. Mike Williams provides the big plays and on underdog, that's obviously why he's going higher and the stack factor with Justin Herbert. But Mike Williams is the touchdown or bust, big player bust type of guy. Keenan Allen is going to get the 170 target potential that we want coming from a quarterback like Justin Herbert in this offense. And Keenan Allen might have the highest touchdown upside of his entire career because uh, on the flip side, many people are making the regression argument for Austin Eckler. Well, what happens if Keenan Allen catches 11 touchdowns next year as a result of that regression for Austin Eckler? So um, that's where I'm at with those two guys. I think Keenan Allen is a great value, but Mike Williams a little overvalued. Michael Pittman, I was thoroughly impressed with this one. Uh, As you go down the list, high target potential, check. QB upgrade, check. Good offense, check. Good O-line, check. Not a ton of target competition on that team. He's pretty much the only dude in town. Check. 
Talent and reception perception numbers off the charts. Check 79th percentile against man, 88th against zone, 96th against press. Across the board, Michael Pittman Jr., I was way too low on this guy last year. That's my fault. I'm not making that mistake again. If I had to make a pick for a 20-plus PPR point-per-game score that comes out of round three, round four area this year, just like Cooper Cup did last year, this is the dude. Michael Pittman Jr., if you don't want to watch the rest of this video, this is the league-winning wide receiver this year, in my opinion. DJ Moore, the story is simple. He gets the targets, but the touchdowns and big plays have eluded him his entire career because his quarterback play has been dog shit. Does Baker Mayfield help? Maybe a little bit, maybe marginally, but I'm not expecting Baker Mayfield to make a world of difference to the tune that Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson could have made if the Panthers went out and acquired somebody like that. So makes a little bit of a difference, but until then, DJ Moore will probably remain in the wide receiver two range. A fine pick, but not a ton of upside. Hopefully help is on the way in the 2023 NFL draft at the quarterback position for DJ Moore. Now we move on to Hollywood Brown and Hollywood Brown is probably going to be one of the hottest wide receivers in football the first six games of the season because on top of the fact that the Arizona Cardinals just seem to always start strong, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. So Marquise Brown, who showed the ability to command targets at an elite level each of the last two years since he's been on the Baltimore Ravens, now moves to a more pass-heavy offense with his former college quarterback. He could be one of the steals of drafts this year. He could also be another guy that threatens, you know, uh, uh, this year's Cooper Cup type of outlook. I don't think he's gotten necessarily that high of a ceiling, but I do think he could be really, really good for the Cardinals this year, and he's definitely a big-time target of mine. Cortland Sutton, the next guy here, is a little bit sketchy in my opinion. We got a semi-talented wide receiver. I don't think he's an elite wide receiver in the NFL with a quarterback upgrade. Another target to compete with with Jerry Judy. And while Russell Wilson helps this offense and makes this offense better, I still expect this to be a balanced offense from a passing standpoint or if not a complete run-heavy offense because they have two great running backs as well. And we know Russell Wilson just brings run-heavy offenses wherever he goes. So Cortland Sutton, I like him, but I don't think he has a huge, huge ceiling. And at cost, I'm probably just going to take Jerry Judy. Whichever one of these guys goes later in drafts is probably the guy that I'm going to target. As of right now, that's Jerry Judy, but that could flip-flop depending on what happens in the offseason. This could be a, a Robert Woods, Cooper Cup situation from last year, but I tend to think these guys are both going to be you know, cannibalizing each other mid-wide receiver twos for the most part, not necessarily guys that have, you know, one has a, an elite wide receiver one potential and the other is going to be Robert Woods from last year. So uh, Jalen Waddle, the last guy from this tier is just kind of like a walking question mark. I don't know how good Miami's going to be. I don't know how good Tua is going to be. I could see this uh, offense range of outcomes going from the breakout offense of the year, like the Bengals last year, or what could have been with a better quarterback. So with Jalen Waddle, he's a great player, and I'm always going to bet on great players, but I'm not expecting a wide receiver one range of outcomes as long as Tyreek Hill is on the field, unless we see some massive step from Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. So a guy that I think is probably a low ceiling bet, but uh, a pretty solid pick if you can get him to fall in like the fourth, fifth round. So the next tier of wide receivers, wide receivers 19 through 27 of ADP right now, we have Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson as the first two guys off the board here. Same outlook for both of them. They're both going to be in either bad offense or a mad offense, but they're the clear cut number ones of their team. Likely mid wide receiver two ceilings as a result because their teams aren't very good, but their volume should carry them. Gabriel Davis, just absolutely criminally too high in ADP right now. Absurd that he is the wide receiver 21 off the board. Could he break out this year? Maybe, but based on what? A, a playoff game where he scored four touchdowns and a flimsy vacated targets argument? I, I don't think that uh, Gabriel Davis should be going even remotely close to this area of the draft. I don't know. It, it, I think it's more likely that this offense plays out this way. Diggs dominates the targets. 
Dawson Knox maybe takes a step up. Jamison Crowder, Khalil Shakir, Gabriel Davis, and the running backs contribute more than people think. I think that's probably how it's going to go. I don't think this is Diggs is the one, Davis is the two, everybody else falls in line. I think that's a little bit optimistic based on what we've seen out of Gabriel Davis thus far in his career. This guy's got like a 10% target share his first two seasons in the NFL. So uh, Jerry Judy, similar argument to Cortland Sutton. Only difference is that the unknown factor is there with Jerry Judy, which is why at cost, I'd rather target him versus Cortland Sutton. I also think there's an outside shot that he's this year's, you know, Marquise Brown or this year's Debo Samuel even potentially. And here's why, because I think third year wide receiver breakouts are a little bit overlooked nowadays. I was super excited about Debo Samuel and Hollywood Brown, their second seasons, but then they didn't do it. And I kind of fell off the wagon with those guys. And I feel kind of similar towards Jerry Judy because I was really excited about Jerry Judy this time last year as a second year wide receiver, but then he got injured and then he decided uh, to disappoint for the rest of the season due to some bad quarterback play. But Jerry Judy now has Russell Wilson and could be in store for a big time breakout as a third year wide receiver. So I don't want to discount that from Jerry Judy's profile, but it is possible that he is a little bit overvalued right now. Either way, I think he's a boomer bust pick that could definitely hit big for some people. Allen Robinson is looking like a very solid bounce back candidate this year. He was my number one bust at the wide receiver position last year. I was not drafting him anywhere. I had like zero shares of him in underdog drafts, but he is now in an improved offense. He's going to be getting the second most attention at wide receiver with Cooper cup, obviously there for the most part, he should be in a great spot, still performed super well in reception perception last year. So we didn't lose a step despite how bad he was from a uh, fantasy uh, production standpoint. He looks like he's going to bounce back in a big way with Matthew Stafford. So he is a good, good target in the mid rounds at wide receiver, because I think people are going to overlook him just a bit because of Cooper cups presence in that offense. DK Metcalf just does not have a high ceiling this year. He's obviously a high ceiling player on a weekly basis, and he should still be solid because he's going to get a lot of targets this year. But the bad quarterback play is going to hurt DK Metcalf in redraft this year. Rumors that Jimmy Garoppolo might be in play for Seattle if he gets cut from San Francisco, or maybe they just outright trade him to uh, Seattle. I really, really hope so for DK Metcalf's sake this year. I have a decent amount of shares of him on underdog right now. And I really hope that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the Seahawks this year. But from an organizational standpoint, it does make sense for them to just roll out Drew Locke and Geno Smith, tank their pick this year and draft a quarterback in 2023. So uh, Brandon Cooks, the next guy here, doesn't have a high ceiling at all, in my opinion, but he is the clear number one for a team that improved a little bit on offense, fine wide receiver two, three type, but not a guy that I think has an elite ceiling. Now I'm going to do a whole separate video on second year wide receivers and why they're a good bet in this area of the draft. And there was a guy that uh, tweeted out a thread. I'll put it on the screen right now. I can't remember the guy's name, but he put out a thread basically talking about the win rates of wide receivers and the breakout rates of wide receivers that are going in the mid rounds that are second year wide receivers. And I think it was a great thread. So I'll link that on the screen right now, but Rashad Bateman fits the description quite closely to the outlook of what we saw from T Higgins last year. He's obviously competing for targets with Mark Andrews, but he showed a lot as a rookie and including great numbers across the board in reception perception, 74th against man, 85th against uh, zone and 81st against press coverage, respectively. He missed some development time during training camp and preseason with the injury that he was dealing with. And that's definitely not ideal for him, but we could see a big time jump from him from his first to his second season as long as he can stay fully healthy. He still showed why he was a first rounder last year and an analytics darling. So I think Rashad Bateman could be in store for that mid-round wide receiver breakout, second-year wide receiver that we saw from T. Higgins last year. Good offense plus a good receiver is usually a target of mine 
in the mid rounds, which is what you can say for Rashad Bateman unequivocally. I hate to say it, but I might have to raise Juju Smith-Schuster in my rankings. The peripherals are obviously very good because he plays with Patrick Mahomes. And even though I don't think he's that great of a player, he could definitely seven yards per reception, his bum ass all the way to a top 30 finish in points per game, just because he plays with Patrick Mahomes and he gets, he could command a decent amount of targets. So not a huge ceiling, but honestly not a terrible pick in the mid rounds, the final tier of wide receivers here. And I'll probably speed through these guys as fast as possible. Uh, is wide receiver 28 through 36. Uh, Darnell Mooney is the first guy here. He could get the targets, but this offense is going to be really bad. Uh, could Justin Fields surprise? Sure. But my motto at quarterback is usually you're only as good as the talent around you until you prove otherwise. If, if you prove that you're a quarterback that can carry the team around you, I'll understand if you don't have great talent around you, like Aaron Rodgers, for example. But Justin Fields hasn't proven that yet. And I'm more so on the side that Justin Fields doesn't take some huge step than he does. And if he if Justin Fields is good for fantasy this year, it's probably going to be on the back of rushing, not passing. So uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the next guy that we have on the list here, is a great mid-rounder, in my opinion, especially because people are going to overlook him because of the splits with DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, but I really don't care. The, the bottom line is that he did it. Uh, he produced when he had the opportunity, and he doesn't have a massive ceiling because he plays for the Lions. Um, but Jamison Williams is probably going to be out for most of this season or at least half of this season, I would imagine. And Amon Ross St. Brown should take advantage to the tune of a high target share in the meantime. And another guy that when you perform that well as a rookie and you still have a decent amount of opportunity on your plate as a second-year wide receiver, I'm going to buy into that more often than not. Chris Godwin, next guy here, he would obviously qualify as a potential league winner at this price, but we just don't know what his health status is. As, as of right now, I'm avoiding him because I don't think he's going to be ready for week one. I think he's going to start the season on the pop list or potentially the IR, but that could change if we see him go full go in training, uh, in training camp and preseason games. Amari Cooper is just a dog shit pick across the board. Uh, one of the most overrated wide receivers in the league, in my opinion, from a route running standpoint, he has never ranked well in reception perception. Despite people thinking he's a good route runner, he really isn't that good of a route runner. So he goes to a team with a suspended starting quarterback, and we don't know how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for yet, but we did get reports that it might only be four to six games, in which case that might help Amari Cooper a little bit. But all that does for me is just like David Bell, David Njoku, and Kareem Hunt a lot more and still continue to fade Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper, I mean, everybody's going to point to the fact that they think he has this elite target potential, but he has never commanded an elite target share. He's never proven the fact that he's an elite talent at wide receiver, and he could be playing with Jacoby Brissett for a good portion of the season, if not the entire year. So not a guy that I'm going to be targeting. Low floor, low ceiling type of option, in my opinion. Elijah Moore follows the same logic as Rashad Bateman for the most part. Excellent rookie season in reception perception, 81st, 76th, and 70th percentile across the board. Despite dealing with bad quarterback play, Zach Wilson was out for most of the year, and even when he was on the field, wasn't very good as a rookie quarterback and a quad injury that Elijah Moore was dealing with last year. This Jets offense has a chance to be a breakout candidate altogether, and Elijah Moore is a big catalyst for that. He's a huge target of mine in drafts right now, and I think he has the potential to be, again, another this year's Marquise Brown, this year's Debo Samuel type, who emerges from the mid-rounds and ends up being like a wide receiver one, a high-end wide receiver two type. Devontae Smith should be a solid wide receiver two, three type this year in fantasy in an ascending offense with the Philadelphia Eagles, but his ceiling is definitely capped due to A.J. Brown being there and Dallas Goddard being there. So a guy that I think is a solid pick if you can get him at value in the sixth, seventh round, but not a guy that I'm going to draft assuming he has some monster ceiling. Adam Thielen is still one of the best kept secrets in fantasy right now. Thielen is a high touchdown upside wide receiver. And I think people are forgetting that about him. Wide receiver two types that are very good because they score a lot of touchdowns is one of the uh, most slept on archetypes of wide receiver in fantasy. He's basically like a, a cheaper version of Mike Williams. 
uh, at his current price right now. He's going to be on one of the better offenses in the league. I think the Vikings are going to be good this year. That might be shifting towards more of a pass-heavy approach. So we might get 120 target Adam Thielen for you know 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, and that's going to be a great value at the seventh, eighth round pick that you have to spend on him right now. He could be my pick for you know a this year's Brandon Cooks type. And then finally, to close this out, obviously, Russell Gage, probably not a high ceiling, but should be solid until Godwin's back on the field, but probably just a flex play once he's back. And then DeAndre Hopkins, obviously going to be a back-end wide receiver one as soon as he gets on the field, but he's suspended the first six games of the season. So if you can afford to take a DeAndre Hopkins type because you've built out a great value wide receiver core throughout the rest of your draft, I don't mind it, but uh, not usually a guy that I'm looking to target. I would rather just trade for him midseason when uh, the opposing manager is fed up with him. So here's how the wide receiver scored. And if you guys missed the running backs video, this is basically where I break down how these wide receivers scored and what guys are targets of mine, what guys are fades of mine, et cetera. So it looks like the upside resides in the early rounds of the draft. The league winning upside is valued appropriately this year. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans looks like uh, they have the highest upside of any wide receivers in drafts this year. Like I said, my pick for breakout league winner wide receiver is Michael Pittman Jr. All the Michael Pittman Jr. checks the most boxes of any of these dudes. And along with the second year guys, I think they have the best chance to prove their, you know, high end wide receiver best ball win rate type of season if things break right for those guys. So Michael Pittman Jr., Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown will be among my highest owned wide receivers on underdog and in uh, regular redraft leagues this year. Aside from those guys, it looks like the superstar upside comes from the top wide receiver. So if you're looking for an elite wide receiver season, you're probably going to have to draft one early. A strategy point that I want to hammer home for those of you guys that have a late first round pick, like I do this year, I have the 11th overall pick in my home league. And for those of you guys that are listening to this, that are in my home league, just turn this off right now because I don't want you hearing my strategy, but taking one of those two high upside guys like Adams and Diggs or Adams and Evans or Adams and Lamb or whatever the case is, whatever combination of those four players that you can get is way better than reaching on a a running back at that area of the draft that doesn't have an elite ceiling. So if you get to your 11th pick, like I'm going to be probably faced with the decision this year, do I just draft Devontae Adams and take the elite league winning ceiling of a wide receiver? Or do I reach on Joe Mixon because I want a running back and I don't want to be left without a running back? No take Devontae Adams in that situation. And same goes for your second round pick. I know it's scary to go after the first two rounds and not have a running back yet, but if you have two elite upside wide receivers, you can figure the rest out if you're an experienced fantasy player and you know how to work the waiver wire and find some value in the draft at running back. So real quick, I wanted to show you guys how this exercise worked out last year. So you know that I'm not just blowing smoke out of my ass and I actually did, you know, pretty well last year, as far as the wide receiver position is concerned, I I would say I did better at running back than I did at wide receiver. But as you guys can see on the screen, Diggs, Adams and Hopkins were the high upside guys last year. And obviously Adams uh, hit his ceiling. Diggs was pretty solid and Hopkins dealt with a bunch of injuries. But as far as the yellow guys are concerned, targets that I would have highlighted in last year's video, Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin were obviously great values where they were going uh, along with Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, et cetera, all the guys who hit most of them I hit on as far as they were, you know, yellow targets of mine, guys that I was targeting in drafts. I wish I would have outlined Jamar Chase a little bit more, but he was a rookie. He was a boomer bust pick. Everybody, I think, knew that. They were drafting him, and same goes for T. Higgins. I think I just undersold how good the Bengals' offense could have been with those two guys, and the target potential of Deontay Johnson, I obviously missed on that as well. And good thing Debo Samuel wasn't included in this because he wasn't a top 32 wide receiver in ADP that I covered last year because I probably would have faded Debo Samuel. And I definitely just faded him overall, and I definitely missed at this position 
more than any other. Once we get to the quarterbacks and tight ends, you'll see that I did a pretty good job of those as well. So um, if you guys enjoyed this video, like I said, all of this data will be uploaded to Patreon. If you want to access it, if you want to conduct this exercise yourself, you can go down below, sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. If you enjoyed this video, like I said, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you are new and comment any of your thoughts down below. Who is your biggest league winning wide receiver this year? If you want to go get some exposure to Michael Pittman, the second year guys that I outlined before their ADPs rise, go ahead and check out Underdog Fantasy. Win your share of $10 million in Best Ball Mania 3. They have the Puppy 2 live right now. Get some great practice for your home league drafts. And at the same time, get your share of a lot of great, great prizes. Again, use the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit, and you'll get both our dynasty and redraft rankings manifestos for free as a thank you for doing that. So it's, it's a complete win, win, win for you. You get to sign up on underdog. They give you a deposit match back. You get our rankings for free and, and you get plenty of practice for your home league drafts, as well as some great prizes that you could win in those top contests. So make sure you guys check out underdog fantasy. If you enjoyed this video, really appreciate the support. All of you guys have been showing over there and on Patreon as well. With that being said, peace out. I'll talk to you soon.